Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fast, and this is the behavior edition of the show. So if you have a question, I welcome your call. All the lines are open. I'm here until 2. If you call in, uh, you might need to be put on hold momentarily. And depending on if you're right behind uh, a break, you might need to be on hold a little bit longer. But if you call in early, you'll definitely get on the air. And I always explain to people that... um, If you have a problem you think it's really unique to you, you'd be surprised how many other people have similar issues. And uh, so if you're helping yourself, chances are you're probably helping somebody else too. So if you wanted to call in the show today, right now, it's 860-522-WTIC, which is 860-522-9888. And I always invite people to contact me off the air if for some reason you can't get to the phone or you would like me to maybe spend a little bit more time. I'm happy to do that either through an email or a phone call. And if you wanted that information, I uh, refer people to my website, uh, which is www.loryfassdogtraining. And it will have my email and it will have... um, the number that you can reach me off the air. So anyway, um, I see we have a couple of callers coming in here. We'll get to you in, in a bit. Uh, so I wanted to talk today. Of course, we're going to prioritize the phone calls, but I wanted to talk today about people having unrealistic expectations. Sometimes people ask me questions, and the answer to the question uh, is, is really um, – completely different than the original question that they asked or, you know, what their goal was when I get a bigger picture of the situation ends up being completely different than what originally was supposed to be the case. So uh, one example of that was this was a caller on the air, and I'm sure it was many years ago, but uh, they were telling me about their cat who was ambushing their feet when they were sleeping and jumping on the counters and knocking things over and climbing up on things and getting into all sorts of mischief. And uh, as the call continued, 
come to find out that their cat was about four months old. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, so you're basically describing how kittens act. They're very mischievous, they're very playful. And then it turned into, well, what are we doing to get some of this energy out? And again, what's realistic, what's not realistic? Uh, it's certainly not realistic to expect a four-month-old kitten who you're not playing with and not giving other outlets to, to act like some sort of an old cat who just likes to sit around all day. So that, that was one example, which I thought was kind of funny. But, you know, seeing it from a different perspective uh, helped them to solve the problem and, and come to some better peace about it. Uh, a lot of things that puppies and kittens do, they'll eventually outgrow. And you might as well enjoy it while you can because uh, some of it's quite entertaining. So anyway, we're going to go to Nick. Um, Hi, Nick. Hi, uh, question about, uh, have a, just about a two-year-old Labradoodle who is struggling with resource guarding. Okay, can you be more specific? What's he resource guarding? Uh, yeah, he does not resource guard his food, which we, which we have learned is kind of different. A lot, I, I guess a lot of dogs resource guard food. He resource guards objects. Okay, his uh, own think, objects or things that he's taken? Things that he's taken, uh, you know, socks, you know. Okay, so he, st he steals things, and he probably knows that these things, if you were to take it from him, he's not going to get it back. And so, Correct. Yeah. And, and, yes, and he also does it when, he's, when we're on walks. Okay. So it's things, you know, anything. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm going to give you uh, kind of a, a, a condensed answer that will probably help you. Uh, but, you know, obviously, if this isn't working or you need more help, you know, this is a, a phone call, a brief phone call. So certainly there's many other things you can do, but I'm going to tell you something that I think will definitely help you. Okay. All right. So okay. what, for, first of all, um, I always suggest that, you know, if he's in the house, he have, I call it a drag line, which is basically going to be a leash or a rope or something that if he chewed on, we really don't care. Something we can step on and grab him with. Okay. Because a lot of times if you're trying to take something or get it away from him, which is what I'm going to tell you next, um, he's going to run away and then whatever you're doing isn't going to work regardless. Okay. So we need to do that. Then this is something I've talked about before, but I want to be really specific about how to do this. Um, have you ever heard of Granix bitter apple? Yes, we've used it and it has not worked. Okay, well, probably the way you've used it has not been the way I'm going to tell you. I know it's not going to be the way I'm telling you to use it. And a lot of times when people say it doesn't work, it's because of how they're using it, okay? So I'm assuming you sprayed it on stuff and he went for it anyway. Is that what you're... Okay, yeah. So bitter apple comes in a bottle that mists out in a very kind of delicate mist. Um, and once it evaporates, which it does quickly because it's mostly alcohol, <clears throat> it doesn't have much of a residual effect. So when you use it like that, it rarely works. So the fact that you're telling me it doesn't work means nothing for what I'm going to tell you, okay? So this is what I'm going to tell you. You're going to take the bitter apple, which has about 20% alcohol. And you're going to boil it for about 15 or 20 minutes. That's going to get most of the alcohol out of it. Then you're going to reconstitute it with water. So now we basically have bad tasting water, not alcohol. Okay, you following me so far? 
Yes. Okay, now we're going to take the bitter apple and we're going to change the bottle and put it into something that comes out in a big, thick, steady stream. Maybe not like a mustard bottle, that's a little, maybe too much, but craft bottle, um, somebody said hair dye bottle. I actually ordered these bottles that squeeze out. So not a squirt gun, not a plant mister, not a poofy mist. So it comes out in a thick, steady stream. Okay, so far so good. You got me on this? Okay. Sure. All right. So we've taken out the alcohol. We've changed the bottle. All right. Now, not very many dogs, when getting a direct stream of bitter apple without the alcohol, will not spit something out. That is really rare. I would say like maybe 95% of dogs, when you spray something and then leave it, don't care. I'd say maybe 3% of dogs don't care if you're doing what I say. So it's possible, but it's very unlikely, and it's completely different than how you were using it. Okay? Uh, Sure. So you're going to have to have the bottle with you. So you tell him, drop it, and he doesn't want to drop it, and then it goes on his nose and his muzzle. You don't have to open his mouth. You don't even have to be precise. If you have the right bottle, you can squirt at a distance between even two or three feet, so you're not even in his face. You're not even close to his mouth. And most dogs, when they have a good taste of that, will spit out everything at that point. Okay, Okay, but you can't just poof it on things and you can't just poof it at him and you don't want to squirt it with the alcohol and you've got to change the bottle. That is really important. Okay. Okay. So, you know, that should definitely, that should definitely help. But as I said before, you know, you might need more help. It's, you know, I don't, I've never met your dog. I never met you. But I'd say that if I had to give you a quick answer, that that would certainly help. And I would be very surprised if you said drop it and gave him a good dose of that that he's not going to spit everything out okay okay right. and, and I mean, we, 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 we we've had uh, uh, train uh, you know trainers help we've we've gone through it and we're we're at the point where we're considering a shock collar actually okay well you know why don't you try this okay and you know again i apologize whenever i'm on the air i have limited time so i don't get to ask all the questions and you know if you wanted a follow-through you're certainly welcome to contact me off the air and i always you know i appreciate feedback you know so somebody says oh boy Lori, that really didn't work and this is what happened i'd like to know that um or hey yeah that worked pretty well but most people don't use the bitter apple optimally and if you're going to do it the way i'm saying to do it if you say drop it and then bitter apple I'd be real surprised if he doesn't drop it. And so eventually we want him to drop it when you say drop it. So, you know, don't wave the bottle in his face because a lot of people say, oh, when he sees the bottle, he'll drop it. We want him to drop it when you said drop it. Okay. Okay. And if he doesn't drop it and he drops it when he sees the bottle, uh, too late. You didn't drop it when I told you to. So you have to drop it when I say drop it. Okay. Okay. All right. And then, then you know, um, send me an email. Tell me how you do. Okay. Okay, thank you. All right. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Yep. Okay. So we have another caller. Should we go to a break or take the caller? Okay, we're going to go to the next caller. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was me. Yeah, it's you. You're on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I have a five-pound toy poodle. Okay. And um, I've had her for three years, and she's five years old. Okay. 
um, <clears throat> she <laughs> is giving me a problem. Every, anytime I take her in the car and I slow down to a stop yeah. or don't even stop, she starts barking. Okay. All and right. I have a water bottle in the car. Yeah. And I've been spraying her when she does that. Yeah. But I want, she's not learning. She's like actually getting worse saying okay. I'm, I'm the boss. <laughs> well, here's the thing. What, if you're telling a dog quiet and then they're not listening to quiet, um, then if there's a consequence for not listening, that can help dogs learn that quiet means just stop. Water is kind of a sensation, which some dogs are very sensitive to, and other dogs could care less. And so your dog falls into the I could care less category, okay? (laughs) So, um, you know, there's other things you can do, and I don't know, you know, what your dog would be sensitive to. So, for example, sometimes I'll use a can with pennies. Do you think she'd be uh, deterred by a loud noise? Oh, uh, possibly, yes. Okay. So I've heard people say put pennies in like a water bottle, but, you know, I don't go down that route. I put it in a can, something that actually makes noise. Okay. Okay. Like good noise, you know, Um, because if it's in a water bottle, it's kind of a... mm, kind of a garbled sound um and so you'd say quiet and then shake the can no quiet okay so you know say quiet first and then if she's not quiet then you shake the can now were you listening when we were talking to nick about his labradoodle that was uh resource guarding uh with the bitter apple thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because you can use bitter apple the way I described, get the alcohol out of it, change the bottle. You can use that for quiet, but, you know, if you're going to use that, that has to be, it has to land on her nose and her muzzle, and she would have to be, like, in a car seat in, you know, the passenger. Yeah, she's in oh. a car seat when she... When Is I she in the passenger it. side? No, no, she's in the back. (laughs) All right, well, (laughs) she's in the back, then you have to have somebody else drive. You cannot drive and, you know, turn around (laughs) and use bitter apple. I had somebody try to do that, and the police pulled him over, and they were going to give him a DUI. Oh, (laughs) Because you're driving all the road like a crazy person, okay? So unless you are actually sitting next to her, you're not going to be able to do it. And, you you know, you might want to practice doing it, um, have somebody else drive, and you're sitting in the back seat, okay? And... And, you know, some do- it's, it's amazing to me how some dogs, especially little teeny cute little dogs, are super tough. And some really big, you know, scary looking dogs are like, you say, stop that. And they go, okay. And they'll never do it again. So, you know, I know somebody who has a seven pound toy poodle who has a similar issue. And we uh, used the water. Nope. We used a shake can. Nope. We used a sound horn. You know, those things that you know you people use at sporting events there there was are really loud okay i mean those are going to give me a migraine but if they work okay you know maybe didn't care didn't care didn't care and so we had to go to using a remote collar because nothing else would make an impression or a dent in in this little dog so you know it's hard to size a collar on a little teeny dog like that but they but they do have some that are quite small so you know i would try these other things first because Mm -hmm. you know that'd be kind of like uh 
uh, a last resort. Um, but with this particular little guy, you know, like I say, he's about seven Zero. pounds. Well, this dog that I that I'm talking about, that's like a little oh. toy poodle. Same problem, you know, a little bit bigger. Um, you know, it did work with him, and then it, it turned out very well. So, you know, but I, before I would jump to something like that, I would do these other things. Yeah, they seem to think that they're um, big. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes they do think that, or they're just tough. I don't know. I mean, all dogs have different personalities, and how tough or not tough they are doesn't really seem to have too much to do with size, at least in their mind anyway. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so one, again, why don't you try those things? And, you know, like I said to the earlier caller, uh, you know, I'm happy to be as thorough as I can, but I'm limited because I'm on the air and, you know, I can't ask. If I was going to be more thorough, the whole show would be about you and your dog. Okay. So, but okay, if, so if you have other I, questions, you can, uh, you know, check my website, contact me off the air. Okay. Okay. I do the bitter apple boil. Well, if you're going to use the bitter apple, you've got to get the alcohol out, reconstitute it to its original volume with water, change the bottle so it comes out in a thick, steady stream. But you cannot do that if you are driving. That's true. Okay. And so that's why I'm saying the can um, or even the nautical horn. If your dog is sensitive to noises, then that Um, might work quite well or not. You know. Where do you get one of those? Because I think that's where I'm going to have to go. Uh, well, if you wanted to, you know, get the can with pennies, just get a can and put some pennies in it. If you're getting a nautical horn, you'd go to wherever they sell sporting, uh, the sporting section okay. of a store, you know, Walmart, Target, or, you know, they, they sell them in sporting goods stores. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Okay. Take care now. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, I think we need to go to a break, and we'll be right back. There I was with the old man, stranded again, so off I'd ran. A young world crashing around me, no possibilities of getting what I need. He looked at me and smiled. Said no, 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 child. See the dog and butterfly up in the air. Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today's edition of Pet Talk is with me. Lori Fass, and it is the behavior edition of the show. The show lasts until two. Uh, So that means we've got about another half hour and lines are open. So if you want to call in, I'd love to hear from you. And the numbers are 860-522-WTIC, which translates to 860-522-9842. And uh, as I was saying earlier, if you can't get to the phone or you need more detail or maybe you just don't want to be on the air, which, you know, okay, maybe you don't, uh, you can contact me off the air. And the easiest way to get all of that contact information is to check my website, which is laurifastdogtraining.com. 
Uh, anyway, uh, one of the callers, we had two callers before the break, and one of the callers was mentioning uh, resource guarding, and he happened to say in passing that um, he had hired a trainer or several trainers, and um, what's the reason I'm bringing that up is because later this afternoon, I'm going to be going to see a dog who was at a board and train and came home and, uh, you know, still has some issues. And the the thing that I think sometimes people believe or think that's not really true is that training is training. So it's like, you know, you hire a plumber and your faucet leaks. So now your faucet doesn't leak anymore. Or, you know, you need new brakes. So you bring it to the shop and they put the the brakes on. So do you have good brakes or don't you have good brakes? Um, whereas something like training is there's a lot more involved. What you know, there's a lot more steps involved and what one trainer would do might be completely different than what somebody else would do. And so when somebody tells me their dog is trained or has had training, I need a lot more information than that because you know, if I don't have that, I, I really just saying my dog's had training pretty much means nothing to me. You'd think it would mean more, but it really doesn't. And where it becomes even more of a mystery is if you uh, drop your dog off and you're doing a board and train. And I've had people do that. And when I say, well, what did they do? They don't know. I said, well, when you picked up your dog, did you get a demo? No. Well, if you do a board and train, you want a demo of what went on. And not only do you want a demo, but you want to actually do what they did. So if they show you, watch us get your dog to sit and stay and down and come. Okay, that's good. That's halfway there. Now let me see if I can do it. Because if your dog was board and trained and you can't do it, well, then I guess it's not really going to do you very much good, is it? But a lot of people don't even think to do that. They think, oh, well, I paid the money, did board and train, we're all set, we'll go home. Not a good idea. But uh, I want to get into a little bit more detail about some of those things, but we're going to come up on a break here. So uh, we'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to the Behavior Edition with Lori Fass, and I'm here for another 20 minutes. So the lines are open. You can still call in if you want at 860-522-WTIC, which is 860-522-9842. so, again, you know, if you want to contact me off the air, check my website, Lori Fast Dog Training, and I'd be happy to do whatever I can over the phone or in an email. And sometimes the answer to your problem is going to be more involved than just a conversation. Um, and if that's the case, I'll tell you that. So, either way, happy to talk to you. So, anyway, one of the things that I was talking about earlier before the break is how people have a tendency to think of training as being sort of a monolithic approach. And if I went to a trainer, then somebody says, well, I took my dog to training class or I put my dog in a board and train. And now I'm supposed to know what happened or what they did. I have no idea at all because there are so many different approaches. And not only are there different approaches, the way in which somebody might take the same approach or the same philosophy and how they actually are applying it to the particular situation, that's going to be different too. So you know, that is very important information because I need to know what's working, what's not working, what your dog understands, what they don't understand. So just simply saying, oh, my dog's had training, that is not useful information to me. Uh, I need a lot more information than that. And I was talking earlier about people doing board and train. And I remember a conversation I had with somebody many years ago, not on the air, uh, who was a trainer, and he was saying how he was feeling very frustrated by um, the results he was getting from his board and train uh, clients. And uh, the reason was is because he got the dogs to listen to him very well. And then when he transferred it to the people, uh, it just wasn't working very well. And that's because training is not like you've programmed a machine. There's a relationship here. There's also a certain amount of maintenance that's involved in in training. So sometimes I say it's sort of like, you know, maybe you're getting in physical shape or something like that. You can do a great job and then say, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to sit around, forget it. Eventually, you know, you're going to kind of go slide back to where you were before this. Or if you clean your house top to bottom, it's not going to stay clean. Um, You know, and, and the more organized it is, I suppose the easier it is to maintain. And just like that, there are some dogs whose maintenance is much more minimal. And some dogs are super high maintenance, which means that the minute they start to slide, which is usually going to be pretty quickly, if you don't do something about it, you can go right back to ground zero really fast. And so it really doesn't even matter how much training a dog has had from somebody else if you don't know how to maintain that. And I mean, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. So for instance, um, 
you know, if, if I have one of my dogs who listens very well to me, frankly, I really don't care if my dog listens to somebody else. I, I just assume they not. You didn't earn it. Why should they listen to you? Uh, so very often this comes up as an issue in a family where everybody should be doing the same thing. Well, there are certain kinds of things that people need to be on the same page for. So, for example, if I'm, you know, working with a dog, they're not housebroken, we can't have some family member just let the dog run loose through the house and nobody's watching them because they're going to pee on the floor. We already know this. So that's something that, you know, somebody else could sabotage, all right, or if they're destructive or they're getting into the garbage or something like that. But if we're talking about listening to basic commands, um, let's say you have an individual in the family and they're doing all the work and they're developing the relationship and the dog is understanding them and somebody else is just, you know, just out there in left field doing ridiculous stuff. Well, the good news for the person who's putting the time in is the person who's out in left field can't ruin that for you. So whatever training you're doing, that person cannot take that away from you, all right? So the opposite is not necessarily true, which is all the nice work that you're putting in doesn't necessarily transfer to them. So uh, one instance of this was um, many years ago, uh, I got a call from someone who had a German Shepherd and he also had a 16-year-old daughter, and he wanted me to work with his dog and his daughter. And I said, well, you know, some 16-year-olds are very responsible, some not, but, uh, you know, whoever I'm working with has to do the work. Oh, yes, of course, she's going to do the work. And then I said, and in addition to that, I explained to him what I just explained to you guys, which is training doesn't transfer. So if... Your daughter does a really good job and you don't have anything to do with the training. Your dog might not listen to you. Well, yeah, you know, because he was like kind of a high powered type A personality. He didn't believe me. So, okay, I think I made myself pretty clear. And so, you know, we did several lessons and the daughter did a really great job and the dog listened to her very, very well. And then one day the dog was in the backyard. And he went out and he was calling his dog. My dog totally ignored him because why should the dog listen to him? I already told him that. And that aggravated him. But what really pushed him over the edge was his daughter went out into the backyard and called the dog. And as soon as the daughter called the dog, the dog zoomed, turned around, came right to her. Okay. So, you know... I think I made that pretty clear um, when I talked to him in the beginning. But again, he did not believe me. So it was kind of one of those I told you so moments, which, you know, on some level, I suppose is satisfying. But sometimes when you tell people something, they don't want to believe you. And then, you know, when the time comes that it comes to fruition, then all of a sudden they act surprised. So that is something that you really need to keep in mind for better or for worse. So, you know, in some cases, you know, people are arguing um, in a family, well, you know, so-and-so is not getting the dog to listen and so-and-so is doing that. Well, okay, you know, then that's on them. As long as they understand that, uh that they aren't going to get results without putting in the work. And I think that's only fair, to be honest with you. So anyway, I just wanted to share that story. Okay, so we're going to talk to Bob. Hi, Bob. 
Hi, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? What's up? Uh, I got a daughter with a um, black lab, two-year-old. Hasn't really had um, any training at all that I know of, and it's just uh, got a lot of energy, jumpy. Comes over and wants to jump up on the counter, not on the counter, but you mean comes over like visits your house? Yeah. Okay. And and we're just I'm just uh, wondering if you know after two years, is there still hope of? Trying to get a dog like that. Well, sure, of course. Two years old is a little better. The only restriction for age would be a same restriction for not age, which is that there's something physically wrong with the dog that would prevent them from being responsive to the training for some reason. So a two-year-old Labrador should be quite hardy (laughs) and quite able to learn things. Uh, But the problem in your case is this isn't your dog. Yeah. Okay, so so the the question (laughs) then is who's going to do the training? And does your daughter want to do the training? (laughs) uh, I would hope so. I mean, you know, maybe just with a little prodding and uh, the right advice. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, um, this is a conversation that I have, especially around Christmas time, when people want to buy dog training lessons for a gift. (laughs) And I say, are you sure that they want dog training lessons? Because it's not unusual for people who have dogs to have their dogs acting in a way that you might not like, I might not like, a lot of people might not like, but the owner of the dog, frankly, doesn't care. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some of that going on. Yeah, so, you know, so this may be another issue. This may be an issue of, okay, when the dog comes to your house and does bad behaviors, uh, how would your daughter feel if you did something about it? Would she be upset or offended if you took the reins in your own hands a little bit? Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm really planning to take the reins in my own hands because uh, she doesn't live that close by. But I've heard the same story from other, you know, family members that yeah. they visited. Yeah. That, you know, it, it's a problem. You know? Well, you know, again, it, it's a problem for the people that she's visiting. I wonder if she thinks it's a problem because if she doesn't think it's a problem, she's the one who really should be doing something about it. Now, there are things like let's say I had, you know, somebody come to my house and their dog was acting like a goon in my house. Uh, I would put a leash on the dog. And if they're jumping up on the counter, guess what? You don't even get access to the counter. And so I personally would run some intervention. Um, but, you know, that's – people already know I'm a dog trainer. <laughs> you know, So they kind of have an idea I might do that anyway. Um, but, you know, it's like if, if it'd be kind of a similar thing if you had a um, badly behaved grandchild and they go home and they're spoiled and they throw tantrums and they always get their own way – okay, and then they act a little naughty when they come to see you, well, what are you going to do about it? You might be able to do some things. Maybe they'll learn that if they throw a tantrum with you, it's really not going to work. Um, But it still kind of falls on the actual parent or the actual person who has the dog. So, you know, if if you want to do something when the dog comes to your house, there are suggestions I can make for that. Um, Otherwise, you know, if she wanted to train the dog, that'd be great, but that might not happen. You know, she might not want to do that. You'd be surprised at how many people have what I would consider to be very badly behaved dogs who do not want to train their dog. 
and I'm not really sure because obviously I have a different perspective, but and maybe you do too, but it's pretty rampant, to be honest with you. Badly behaved dogs that people will make excuses for and don't want to put the time in for whatever reason. I don't know. And how do people go about finding, uh, you know, good trainers? Uh, well, where does your daughter live? Uh, she's down in the New Haven area. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, I belong to an organization called the IACP, which is International Association of Canine Professionals. And if you were to go on their website, they do have links to trainers. So that might not be a bad place to look. Okay. That's good advice. Okay, but, you know, keep in mind, like I said, it's somewhat of a delicate situation because your um, perception of the behavior in hers might be different, <laughs> you know. So oh, yeah, yeah. It, it really has to be up to, to her. But, I mean, if he's jumping on the counter and eating your food or doing something really bad, then I'd put a leash on him and not let him do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for the suggestion. All right, Bob. Good luck. Take care. Have, Have a good, good weekend. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, you're listening to WTIC's Pet Talk. We're going to go to a break and be right back. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. It's snooping on the door. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. It's snooping on the door. You can wag your tail, but I ain't going to feed you. Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. This is the Behavior Edition with Lori Fass. I'm here for another 10 minutes. So if you want to call in, uh, our nice producer will take your call, put you on hold for a minute, and I can talk to you. And I'd love to do that if you call at 860-522-WTIC. So... um, think we have somebody calling in. Anyway, uh, oh, we've got a couple of people calling in here. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. So um, I was talking earlier about unrealistic expectations. And honestly, um, some of the things that people have said to me, uh, it starts out like, yeah, well, this could be one problem, and then it ends up being an entirely different one. So, for example, somebody called me and said that their problem was that their dog was escaping um, from their crate. And come to find out, the reason the dog was escaping from the crate is the dog was there all day, and then they go out at night, and the dog was still in the crate. So, you know what? I think that any dog would want to escape from a crate in those circumstances. So we had to have a little bit of talk about that. Okay, I'm going to go to calls. We have Bob again. Different Bob, though. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Okay, you're a different Bob. <laughs> we had a Bob uh, caller one. before. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just call, calling your screener. Um, years ago, I used to always pick up not pick up stray cats but we had i had one time i had nine cats in my house okay um and a lot of them were just strays they came up and i after a while they all died you know and the last one was an outdoor cat and went out and never came back and that was like three or four years ago so my daughter came home from college she goes dad the house is kind of quiet i said yeah you know and then about she goes what do you think about some cats and I, you know, because you you get attached to them, you know. Oh yeah, I know. 
And um, she brought home two boys. They're twins. And they're about four months old. Or, and now they're like six months old. And they are great. It's incredible how they liven up the house. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> and the thing, when I had all those other cats, they're all single. They didn't know each other. A lot of times they're fighting. But these two guys here, they're like, they're tied together at the end. And they're cool. Like, when they're sleeping, you don't even know where their heads are. They're all, like, wrapped up in a little ball. Oh, that's it's cute. pretty cool. Yeah. So it, it's, I just want to tell you, know, uh, cats and animals just bring so much life to your house. It, it's good. I think I'm going to live longer just because of these guys. Well, I think there are studies, if however much you want to give credence to some of these studies, that say that having a pet does help with your health. Um, yep. And, I mean, I love animals. Certainly, you know, I've had many, many animals over the years. Currently, I have four dogs and one cat. Um, the most number of dogs and cats I've ever had at one time was I had eight dogs and six cats. That was a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We've toned it down since then. And that was because I was involved in doing rescue stuff. And, you know, it's like if they're not placeable, they're going to end up with me. So I kind of have to take that down a couple notches. Yeah, there. I remember one time one of the cats we had, I already had a, a house full. You know, and this cat was under my porch outside. Meow, 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 meow. I said, all right, come on. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of animals who are in need, definitely, for sure. So, yeah, so I mean, is that I, what you... I never had them, I never had them checked out. I've never brought them to the vet. I just, I fed them, kept them happy, um, which you're probably not supposed to do. But, and, you know, after a while, I said, that's enough. And my my... I had a friend that used to live with me. She used to always put food out. I said, Pat, you can't keep putting food out because it's going to attract the animals. Well, I was putting food out in the 90s when we had all that rabies scare. And uh, I, there was a cat. I thought it was a cat. And I said, oh, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And it was coming towards <laughs> me. It was a skunk. So that's when we put the end to that, that put an end to that one. But anyway, Bob, if that was, you know, you wanted to just share that, that that's good. I'm here oh, for another four minutes. Yeah, and and I, I, I want to get to Susan, if I can. Now the house is, uh, now the house is alive again. And, uh, you know, they jump up on the dining room table at supper time and we go, Shh, and they leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, six, for six months old, they're actually they're learning the rules of the road pretty good. Yeah, so. well, it's always, I mean, I love animals, and I know a lot of other people do, too, and they definitely enrich our lives. Okay, Bob, All thanks right. for calling in today. Have a good one, I okay? Like you right. Have a good week. You, too. Bye-bye. Um, hi, Susan. Hi. Oh, what can I do for um, you today? Well, hopefully quick. Um, we have a cat that we uh, rescued when we were living up in Maine. She's a, at least seven years old now. Okay. And we're thinking of adopting, bringing in another cat into okay. the family. All right. So I didn't know about your suggestion about whether it should be male or female, if it should be Is younger or older. Is your cat a male family. or a female? Our cat's female. Okay. In general, um, cats of the same gender get along better. I'm not going to say always. Uh, okay. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the personality of the cat as much as the gender of the cat. But I feel like there's certain personality traits that male and female cats have. And uh, female cats tend to be a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more delicate in some ways and a little bit less rowdy than some of the male cats. Um, okay. But yeah, you know, if, you, if you got a younger cat who seemed gentle, 
uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, a cat who's hopping all around and might be quite entertaining as a little kitten, but is going to be kind of a wild man. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have just, you know, really looking at the personality of the cat, and if it's a younger okay. animal, I think that um, that helps too, to be honest with you. Okay. I think it's easier okay. for uh any animal to adjust to a young animal than to an older animal. Okay. Oh, okay, so, good. But really right. look at the personality of the particular animal that you're thinking about getting. Okay, all right, that's helpful. I appreciate your time. Okay, have a good weekend. Thanks for calling, Thank Susan. you, you too. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Elaine, I have two minutes to talk to you. <laughs> okay, great. I've got a real quick one for you. Yep. Do you have any advice on how to make it easier to clip my cat's nails. Okay, what do you what happens when you try to do it now? She's terrified. Okay. I mean, even when I I try to pet her and pet her nail, you know, her feet, her paws and try to get her used to me touching them. Um but she she's very afraid of that. Okay. Well, um you know, again, we're counting down the minutes here. What would happen if you does she like food? Does she like treats? She loves, yeah, there's okay. a treat she so, loves. So what would happen if you had like on a TV tray or a table, uh, a plate with maybe some fish all smudged around and she was licking it and you were playing with her feet under the table? She would run away and hide under <laughs> my bed. You're not going to fall for it, huh? <laughs> okay. Well, sometimes, and again, we're counting down the seconds here, and, and I invite you to contact me off the air. Check my website, LoriFastDogTraining.com. But sometimes with some pets, I will just wrap them in a towel, and you're just going to have to suck it up, and I'm going to maybe do two nails at a time. But, you know, you're just going to have to get used to it. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so that just about wraps it up for Pet Talk for today. I'll be here again next week. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.